Today's episode is brought to you by Surfing A, a Canadian freshwater surfing magazine created by the Central Canadian Surfing Association. The CCSA strives to develop, promote, support, and bring together the Canadian freshwater surfing communities and its athletes. Issue three of Surfing A is available for purchase at the Central Canadian Surfing Association's Facebook page and at Surf Ontario. We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And furthermore, we thank the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. As we live, work, surf, and play, we say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit, and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resilience in the face of ongoing oppression and injustice. We believe that for true healing to occur, we must reflect and make serious changes while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better. We can do better. Aloha, freshies. Welcome to Permastoked. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other Permastoked individuals, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join us each week in learning from these experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoke is presented by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear. But hey, don't just stand around on the beach looking cool. Check out our Stoke Academy and try surfing and stand up paddleboarding. Get away into beautiful Owen Sound, Sauble Beach, or Grey Bruce, where we offer Paddle Canada certified basic and advanced sub courses, tours, sub surfing, and even beginner surfing lessons. Visit www.freshwatersurfkids.com to sign up for your freshwater fantasy today. Want to get your zen on? Check out SUP Yoga and our Great Vibes Yoga, Meditation, and Healing classes. Aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony. Through movement, meditation, and breath, our classes allow you to connect with your true self so you can spread great vibrations and the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness. Enjoy community and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. On today's episode, we send it with Rita Boychuk. Rita is an all-around whitewater paddling enthusiast that specializes in whitewater stand-up paddling. She's paddled on rivers in Alberta, BC, Colorado, Costa Rica, and Ecuador. In addition to stand-up paddleboarding, you can always find Rita going with the flow, 
singing her way down a river behind the oars, working on crushing bigger lines in her kayak, or sending it. Rita just wants to be on the water, and she's the founder of the Can River Sup Instructor Collective. She started the collective to bring instructors together in hopes of supporting her passion to grow a safe community of river stand-up paddlers through quality instruction and training. As head instructor and Paddle Canada certified instructor trainer, she plans to work with all the collective instructors to provide high quality training for all students wanting to take courses related to SUP. Rita fell in love with SUP after she was first introduced to it in 2010. It's a sport that anyone can enjoy and the sport can be as challenging as you want it to be as you progress from flat water on the lakes to white water on the rivers. Rita's favorite places to paddle are the Kananaskis Valley in Alberta, Trail Wave on the Columbia River in BC, and the Tana River in Ecuador. Check out what a previous student Trish had to say about Rita. Rita gives 200% in everything she does. She's passionate about safety, increasing skill level, and maintaining our beautiful natural spaces while having fun. She's an extremely generous in sharing her knowledge, leaving nothing out for next time. So as a participant in either a trip or a course, you feel satisfied. She's a great teacher, seeming to have a natural sense of how to read and rate her students' progression in a logical manner, which coaxes a person out of their comfort zone without pushing someone past their ability level so they feel confident in doing so and crave more progression. Rita is always on. Her enthusiasm for the sport of river sup is infectious. I'm looking forward to more river trips guided by Rita in the future. Well said, Trish. Rita Boychuk, welcome to Permastoked. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. How's it going tonight? Right on. I'm well. It's great to see you. So I am talking to you. We are in different time zones, correct? Where are you yeah. at? I'm in Cochrane, Alberta. It's uh, six o'clock in the evening here, just after dinner. Nice. Amazing. And I totally got the time wrong. I was on my computer at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And... <laughs> So misread the time change. Oh, well. So, hey, you and I, we've met before briefly um, in Tofino. I was taking my uh, surf sup instructor course and you were there with some friends uh, participating in the course as a skills lesson. And I got to tell you, the pressure was on for me that day. It's like you guys were all like skilled, like probably some flat water instructors. It wasn't, I mean, you know, as a Paddle Canada instructor, normally we're teaching people who've never been on a board before. So it was kind of like, oh shit, like <laughs> the heat is on a little bit. So anyhow, so that's how, how we know each other. Um, but Emery told me that if I want to learn about River Sup, you are the person to talk to. Yeah, he he's definitely right. Um, although, yeah, surfing is a passion and I do remember that class. It's funny that that's how you perceived me because I think that that was one of my third times surfing in the ocean. And I actually do find the ocean really, really intimidating. Um, so I found you really supportive as well as Amber and Emery that were all there as part of the course. So it's really oh. cool to hear the different, sure. the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Well, you know um, how it is, right? You're always in your own head evaluating how you perform. So great. 
Totally. And I find personally like the river and the more that I explore the river and grow my passion for the river, every time I do have that opportunity to head out to Tofino, I'm much better at river surfing. And I think a lot of that plays to time balance and the proprioception skills that are developing just with onboard time. Awesome. So I know we're going to get into sup surf and what it's all about or not sup surf river sup. But in the meantime, I do want to know how does river sup um, translate into sup surfing? I mean, essentially, you know, you're standing, you're riding waves, but, but what is that like? Well, the the translation between whitewater sup and river surfing, I'll be honest, I think I actually honed in the connection in the biggest capacity this past fall when I was in Tofino and I was starting to catch the grasp of surfing and starting to hunt for bigger waves. Mm. And what I noticed, right, as the waves get bigger, getting out past the waves is also more challenging. Mm. So spending time paddling white water and paddling down through haystacks and through big waves gives you a different advantage when it comes to getting out there to Uh. break out and feel that confidence on your feet and that board transition to the paddle. So you're not, I found that this time I wasn't spending as much time falling off on my way out. So I had more energy to actually catch waves and enjoy the ride. So that was one way that it translates. Mm. Um, and again, I, like I said, I think that time on board specifically is a great transition. So whether it's paddling on the flat water, paddling in the waves, paddling on the river, time on board is going to make you better across the sport in all disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the last thing is on rivers, there's standing waves. So if the surfing aspect is your weak link when you're in Tofino. So you're catching waves, but as soon as you feel the surf, the feeling of surfing, you're falling off. Mm. The river waves allow you an opportunity to extend the amount of time on the wave, to get a longer surf, to become comfortable with the feeling of surfing. When you go to the ocean wave, if you know what feeling you're searching for, mm. it becomes easy. I find it easier now to find my balance and maintain a ride. Yeah. So I wonder if the translation the other way. So you are a river sup, whitewater river supper, and then you went and tried surfing after you've had all this experience. Me, I'm the other way around. You know, I've been surfing and then more recently got into sup surfing. If I were to just jump into the river and try river sup for the first time, um, I have a feeling it would be a pretty humbling experience. Like even well, as a confident know, paddler, like it's it looks like a foreign environment. I mean, there's rocks and all kinds of different stuff. Well, you know, I, as a paddle canon instructor, right, we have a progression. And yeah. um, I happen to know this really cool instructor that lives in Cochrane, Alberta. Okay. Um, her name might happen to be Rita Boychuk. And I would love to be a part of that experiment with you. Mm. So you should come on out um, maybe in spring when traveling and stuff opens up a little bit. And let's put that that to the test. Let's see if all of your surfing time um, makes it easy for you to pick up the sport of river sup and river sup surfing. 
I love it. Consider me in. Um, I don't know if you'll be stop number one or stop number two, because I all I already have a date with uh, Jacob Kelly Quinlan and Eddie Castillo out on the Kananaskis. So, hey, we could do that in the same day. You could learn to river sup, and we could river sup you down to the mountain wave to surf with the gang. Wow, absolutely awesome. Seriously, that's yeah. where that's where I'll take you. Nice, I'm down. I love it. So Rita, tell us a bit about yourself, the, the audience, for those listening who don't know who Rita is or what Rita Supps is. Let's hear a bit of backstory. Um, well, I am a prairie girl, really born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, and without any knowledge, actually, of that, my family heritage was building rafts and rafting our family supplies oh, down wow. the North Saskatchewan River. Oddly enough, I always had this urge to go to the water, be in the water, sit on the riverbank. Um, but like many people, I would say in Alberta, we grow up learning that the river isn't a place that we should play, that we should stay away, look at it. It's beautiful. But those people that are playing in the river are crazy, really? um, especially as, you know, prairie farmers in Alberta. Mm. Um, the, the river couldn't be a dangerous place. Yeah. Um, and so as I grew up and, you know, was seeking different paths, adventure guiding and being outside um, was always something that I was drawn to. And sort of being stuck in school in Edmonton, I had an opportunity. Um, one of the phys ed courses was an intro to canoeing and kayaking. Mm. And it was at the Grant McEwen pool and um, canoe legend Mark Lund was our instructor. Okay. I would say that that is where this all began. From there, I just had the urge for more paddling and I started seeking out whitewater kayaking courses. I took programs um, on the Slocan River and I progressed and progressed and progressed in the sport of whitewater. And I was seeking out whitewater rafting and I just wanted to be on the river. Mm -hmm. um, at some point in my progression, I got a little bit outside of my foundational base and I had a bad swim. It scared me pretty bad. And I, I stayed away from the water again for a little bit until right. I was actually introduced. Um, a friend took me out stand up paddleboarding on a lake. Oh, and so okay. I, it wasn't, you know, I think 30 minutes of paddling around. And I realized that this got rid of the fear factor on the river for me. Oh, I wow. didn't need to be upside down. I was never scared of being in the river. I was scared of being upside down and the unknown. And I didn't like the burden of putting all my friends out to rescue me when I did swim out of my kayak. Yeah. There was a weird pressure I felt with that. Um, and so this stand-up paddleboard tool, although at the time they weren't built for the job and they weren't very stable, but it presented a new opportunity on the river for me. Um, it... It changed the way that I saw the river. It changed the way that I felt about swimming in the river and being in the water. It allowed me to create a new understanding and a different type of connection. Um, and with that connection, it, it has inspired me to get back in those other crafts and address those limitations. And it's, oh. it's so cool, like looking at that evolution from, for me, it's 2013, to now at the opportunities sub actually presented and I didn't even didn't even realize that that growth would happen 
I know you've been running this uh, Rita Sups. That's your own sort of sup, uh, sup company. But then I noticed it, it seems like you've had a recent name change. So hoping you could tell us a bit about that, maybe with what Rita Sups is all about and, and how you've sounds like you're morphing and growing and evolving right now. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a, a great time for evolution um, with Rita Sups or what we formerly called Rita Sups. So um, Rita Sups started as a passion project um, back in 2016 when I started to take SUP more seriously. And I started competing down in Colorado, traveling, seeking training and recognizing that like I might have found my thing. I've always been a skier. I've always been competitive. I was a dancer, um, runner. I've, I've done a lot of sports because I've always been trying to find that one that I was really that clicked for me. Yeah. And, and that was what whitewater sups was. And so I decided that being an instructor, essentially since my 16th birthday, when I became a snowboard instructor, that's been my oh, wow. primary career from swimming to everything, being an instructor, naturally, I wanted to teach sup. Oh. So river education training for adventures on stand up paddle boards was born. And also my name, Rita sups. So it worked mm. out. Yeah. Um, but as I've grown in the community and more people have come in the community, there are more amazing instructors that are growing. And a lot of them are growing with me and under my mentorship and seeking me out to continue their training and progression. And in order to keep growing for myself so I can grow with those students, I need to present an opportunity to keep bringing people in help those new instructors grow, mm. but also allow myself and my progressive students to grow with me. Mm. And so we have evolved into Can River Sup, C-A-N-R-V-R-S-U-P, which stands for in the long term, either Canadian River Sup or I Can River Sup, however uh, you want to look at it. <laughs> Clever, very sneaky, right? yeah. Yeah. And we're, you know, for me, it's an opportunity to support those instructors that's showing that they're going above and beyond um, the people that are putting in the time to be the safest river paddlers and influence a quality, safe and thriving, growing community. So Can River Subs is where you'll find me. And because I'm or will find me teaching as well as my other instructors. But because of that growth that I had mentioned to you earlier and feeling my confidence to get back in all river crafts um, and always being a little bit of a quote unquote sender, um, I did change my personal Instagram handle this week to Rita Sends. So okay. you will find me sending it in all river crafts on all rivers and hopefully um, seeking out some more waterfalls in the future. Nice, amazing. <laughs> so just a, a kind of a weird question about that is does the do the followers come along with you or do you have to start out at zero when you rename your account no so the Rita subs followers and the Rita subs account all stays it just oh, okay. shifts and evolves and so I hope that I don't lose any followers because I've started showing more goofy vessels and oh, okay. sitting on my bum a little bit more maybe with different blades who knows maybe I'll grow a few more um, yeah. but for me the white water community has always been a whitewater community where all vessels and all 
all vessels are welcome and all crazy wild creatures are welcome and yeah. we all work together to stay safe. So, you know, Rita Sends is just all about being a whitewater girl that wants to be out there playing with her friends, staying safe. Amazing. Amazing. Love it. So, Hey, you mentioned, um, the fact that this Rita sub started as a passion project. So at that time, was that more of like a side gig or has instructing been a full-time job for you, um, for a while now? Yeah. So, and, um, 2016, 2017, I would say that Rita subs was very much just a side gig. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in Nelson, BC, which is a pretty small community and a very transient community. So I focused a lot on teaching mostly to my core friends and getting them out so that they could go paddling with me. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot, you know, the access in a place like Calgary has a lot more access to a variety of people to mm. fill those classes and more chance for people to try it and say, hey, I might not like it, but some will. And yeah. that's how community grows. And so yeah. it, I didn't really have a choice, but it for to be a passion, passion project living um, there just with the access and how much I'll be honest, I wanted to play selfishly oh, yeah. out on the rivers. Um, but as I started to see it growing and I had the idea of traveling with my business, um, with the trend of van life and all of that, I was like, mm -hmm. Hey, why can't I travel? And this is back in 2019, um, 2018, sorry. Okay. Why can't I travel around to existing paddling communities, existing paddling shops and show them what whitewater stand up paddleboarding is about. Um, yeah. and so I started off by paddling with, um, and teaming up with adventure paddle school and Columbia river paddle school in Invermere. And they were some of my first intro to river sup clinics. Um, and it was awesome. It worked great. They got the Rita sups promotion and people would come because they wanted to meet me and because we were paddling in a new cool place um, and they get connected to that business um, teamed up with aquabatics here locally in calgary um, which is what inspired me to move up to this area and so teaming up with them we were able to grow the community and see it grow um, and that's part of what's inspiring this evolution is yeah. all those little partnerships have put enough people in the community to now make things like guided trips and adventures and advanced level programming, something that can actually sell and have enough students to make a feasible operation. Wow. Incredible. That must've just made your day seeing that happen. <laughs> yeah. It, it's honestly, I joke to my friends sometimes when I am in the heat of, or like last summer when I was in the heat of the busy season and mm -hmm. I just didn't understand quite how I was pulling off all of these things and how it all happened. And they're like, yeah, remember when you were just that dirtbag paddler sleeping in the back of your truck and you told everybody that this is what you did? <laughs> I think that you like literally said it enough times that it happened. And I was like, wow. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I remember your van and your dog, actually. Yeah, totally. That's right. So that was that was your home for a while, I take it. Yeah, I was was traveling around until I sort of found a good place, I think, um, to start a good roots for a community. Um, and I think that that is what I found here because of the access to the amazing Kananaskis River, 
Harvey Passage, Whitewater Park, um, the Bow River that flows right mm. through the home of my home of Cochrane. So it, you know, and the access within, you know, two to four hours of driving, the amazing rivers that could be paddled and the amazing trips that could ha be had are, it's amazing. That's, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a good or area for whitewater paddling, I'd say for sure. Yeah, sounds like you found your niche and a, and a good place to be. Um, you've mentioned safety quite a bit. So, and I know in, you know, stand-up paddleboarding, there are a lot of stand-up paddleboard schools out there, but they're not, not all of them are, you know, certified through Paddle Canada the way you and I are. So they don't all necessarily hold that same level of, um, safety and education and all those kind of things so i'm curious in the river sup scene are there some you know pretty wild cards out there just sort of winging it or is it few and far between is it more just yourself and and a small batch so i don't think that there's a ton of instructors out there that are necessarily wild carding it um because like you said the river sup instructor community is pretty small. And at this time, there's very few instructor trainers um, that are actually out there actively practicing, actively training and actively teaching whitewater sup. Um, Neil Gilson, I would say is the biggest, most active person. And he's been my biggest mentor and I'm sort of paying on or um, paying forward the messages he passed on me as I've now evolved into a river instructor trainer. And so I think in, from the instructor side of it, at this time, there aren't a lot of people that are just making up their own thing and going along with it from an instructor in school side. Mm, yeah. um, in the community, I think, you know, as any sport grows and is new, there's a lot of people that want to take a course so that they can start out right, feel the safety of an instructor, and they're learning all the safety stuff just by coming to a class and getting exposed. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone in a paddling community starts that way. And so if you see someone out there paddling, they may be just doing it the way that they think is best. They might not have taken a course. And I think that we are seeing with the with the growth in sales of stand-up paddleboards, with the increased visibility of people that are just paddling on the river, river, whether they are setting a safe example or not, yeah. um, it is presenting more opportunity for um, maybe people that just don't know enough about it to maybe follow the wrong example mm. because they're not, they're trying to follow an example and they're trying to do their best, but they don't know that the example they're following isn't coming from an educated or experienced place. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I guess what you're saying is the instructors aren't so bad, but there's a lot of people out there who see it and think, wow, that looks like fun. I'm going to try it and kind of get themselves in trouble. So I'm not going to lie. I was out on a hike a couple of weeks ago here in the town I'm living in now, Owen Sound, and there's a river here called the Sydenham. And I found a spot where this thing started flowing and it's going pretty good. I even found a spot that if you sort of dug it out, you could make a pretty good standing wave. But it definitely crossed my mind. I'm like, wow, okay, I have like 10 paddle boards. <laughs> Maybe I could try one of those on here. Um, but, you know, I would obviously want to take a course first. So 
maybe tell me a little bit about the physicality. Like one of the things that comes to mind when I saw a river, for example, it was so shallow that I'm thinking this wouldn't work because fins would be, you know, hitting the rocks and stuff. But then I got to thinking, well, I'm not sure even what the fin setup would be on river stuff. So I, I suppose you probably don't want to reveal it all because you want people to come take the course, but maybe tell us a little bit about the actual mechanics of sup surfing. You mean sup, sup like um, stand-up oh paddleboarding on the river? There's I know so it's many freaking <laughs> variations. It's crazy. Even you said the wrong thing earlier, too. <laughs> I probably did. Yeah. So, yes, river <clears throat> supping. Yes. <sighs> Not surfing. River sup. Tell us the mechanics. Yeah. I like it. So first off, you're not wrong. So especially at this time of year, a lot of rivers in Canada are in low flow season, right? Things are iced up. So flows are pretty low. Um, for me, I always like the river to generally have more water than my big four and a half inch fin. My, okay. um, will I use smaller fins or less fins and change them out? Yes. But if there's not enough water in most places for a four and a half inch fin, so if, you know, water's yeah. not that deep, then the likelihood of you hitting your fin or hitting rocks in the event that you fall is really high. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's, you know, it's a tough thing, especially in places like Calgary and Cochrane, where these big wide rivers that do have a lot of low, shallow spots, they're easily accessible. They are amazing places for stand-up paddleboarding, but being educated about how do we know there's a gravel bar or a shallow spot? Is it deep enough? Should I adjust my fin? Because you're right, the fin can become a hazard as quickly as it can help you. Yeah. So that is, um, that is something. And then you're, you're looking to start slow. You're looking for class one rivers, getting educated on the river classification system is a great place to start without even going to a class, doing a little yeah. bit of research online Do and making start sure in level five. Yeah, no. Um, and maybe don't sup it level five. Like I haven't yeah. seen many people pulling that off yet. So, um, and, but you know, I'm looking, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right. And so it's just, you know, trying to start slow and find that foundation. That's the biggest thing when it comes to the rivers and knowing that you're picking the right ones and ask someone that knows. Yeah. Yeah. And so are the fins, are they kind of bendy fins? Do you go with a sort of plastic type fin rather than glass or? Typically the fins are a flexi style fin. So they're yeah. more rubberized. And so that is, if they do hit something, they are going to bend. There is going to be less of an impact and they are going to move around rocks hmm. for sure. Yeah. Because I know Red Paddle, their ride series has uh, those nice bendy kind of fins that I think would be good. Now, I notice you are always on these bad fish boards, and I'm pretty sure you're sponsored by them or, or you sell for them. Tell us a bit about that brand. I really don't know much about um, bad fish, but I will say your board looks huge. It's like super wide. Um kind of a, a pointed nose, not necessarily the setup I was expecting. So, well, you have to remember that 
I'm only about five foot three and 130 pounds. So okay. most paddle boards do look pretty big on me. Okay. Um, and you are right. I am a sponsored athlete um, with Badfish Stand Up Paddle Boards and an ambassador up here um, in Canada. And I am passionate about Badfish Boards because they started off as a white water brand. Mm. So they are based out of Salida, Colorado. And essentially the creation behind Badfish was um, one of the owners, Mike Harvey, wanting to surf a wave, but not wanting to figure out how to pop up on the shortboard. And he's just like, I just want to paddle in and get to surfing. Yeah. And they started off creating these shorter style SUP surfboards that has now grown into an amazing whitewater lineup. And the board that you probably are referring to that looks so big that you see me the most on yeah. is the Badfish River Shred. And so that board was designed by Mike Tavares, um, specifically with the goal of whitewater stand-up paddleboarding progression in mind. So you're going to notice, um, in compared to most boards out there, the continual rocker shape from tip to nose is the biggest difference. And that's what makes this board perform on the river. And it's, it surfs any wave and you can surf it, you know, on its nose or you can surf it on its tail because that continual rocker just moves so smoothly through the entire wave feature. Like you can, yeah, you can play with it. And the width that you mentioned um, allows for that stability as we're going through bigger drops and bigger waves. We do, you know, we want that lateral width and stability and a platform to have a good foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're, you know, when you're looking at that river shred or a whitewater paddleboard, you know, I'm looking at other crafts like whitewater dories or whitewater kayaks or whitewater rafts. And the river shred is the one. Um, and the reason I love it so much is because it's the one doing the best to mimic that shape of all whitewater vessels that have been taking on the task of the river for decades and decades. Wow. Smart. Yeah. Um, and they also have some rad surfboards. So, you know, that's okay. a whole other conversation. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to really check them out online. I really don't know much. All I know is Bad Fish is like one of my favorite songs by Sublime. So, um, now how you can try what, it out when you're here, you can try out all the boards. I'm down. Yeah, we'll I'm take down. you over a sesh. Nice. I'm loving this prep. I cannot wait for this freaking COVID stuff and we can just get on with our business, right? So what is the typical length of uh, a river sup board? Uh, nine, six is okay. for a down river board. Nine, six is sort of your go-to maneuverability, um, versus stability sort of compromise. Okay. Um, if we're looking and that's for river running, playing the most effortless when catching air eddies or running bigger stuff. If we're looking at now a downriver racing application or maybe a longer, flatter paddle, you're looking at more of an 11 foot board. Mm. Um, a, typically a downriver race has an 11 foot cap. And those boards are going to be as narrow as the athlete feels that they can send the river and stay on their feet and paddle and still, you know, compete in the race. Um, yeah. So it can be as narrow as you want, but typically 11 feet is 
you know, after 11 feet, the maneuverability limitations become very noticeable on the river. Yeah, that's what I would imagine. You don't want to be out there with like a 14 foot board or something. No, no, yeah. you're totally right. And then surfing typically, you know, seven, six um, and a little bit less is um, where we're going in that surfing sort of world for stand up paddleboard surfing. So are, when you say st- stand up paddleboard surfing on the river, are you talking about standing wave or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, just like, I know you chatted with my friend, um, Jacob Kelly. So the mountain wave here on the can, um, just like those guys are getting out and doing their shortboarding, I'll frequently head out on my stand up paddleboard and surf that wave as well. Um, the cool thing about the stand up paddleboard is the can actually has, um, surfable waves at almost every single feature. So being able to paddle down and surf on my craft means that I don't necessarily have to always wait in the lineup and I can enjoy multiple surfs and get a warm up before true. I have the opportunity of hanging out with the crew because they are also awesome and like they're really good yeah, at yeah. the wave. So it's it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah. So when you're out there on your sup. Are you in a wetsuit or are you in your dry suit? Because all your pictures, you're always in a dry suit. So I'm curious when you're around those guys. Yeah, totally. It honestly depends. Um, no matter what I'm doing, um, wetsuit or dry suit, I'm typically always, well, I'm always on the river wearing my helmet, my life jacket and my PPE. Um, sometimes when I'm surfing specifically, I'll also throw on some knee pads and elbow pads because like we talked about earlier, shallow water is a real thing. And for me, teaching on the river is my livelihood. So if I bang up my elbow that means that I might not be able to, to teach that week. So I am, I do take extra precautions. Um, for me, wetsuit versus dry suit really comes down to, um, which gear is dry for me because I paddle every day. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of the times the dry suit is comfortable. I'm not just parking and playing. I'm, I'm working the whole river and stopping to play. Yeah. So um, if I'm going to shortboard and I drop the paddle, which, you know, I'm working on, but it's just yeah. trying to squeeze in one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do prefer the wetsuit, but again, still wearing my helmet and life jacket and, yeah. um, quick release leash. So I've been wearing wetsuits for years, but this year, you know, now that I'm in a, a winter climate and I'm, you know, an avid supper, I, uh, I got my first dry suit and oh my God, the first time I wore it, I was freaking dying. I was roasting. Like it was extreme. So now it's kind of cooled down, but in the meantime, I thought it was too hot. So I ended up just getting like a separate pair of pants and, and a coat that are still, um, you know, water resistant, but Yeah. So anyway, just getting into the whole dry suit game, it's definitely a little more expensive than the wetsuit game, but it's kind of nice. You know, at the end of it, if you got to go get groceries or do something, you're not dripping wet. You just get out of that thing and, and you're moving on. 
Totally. I have definitely, um, I've been known for, um, sometimes, you know, you're on the move, you got something to do after, maybe it's a hot date. Um, so I'll wear my like, you know, the cute little outfit only in the summertime when it's warm. Um, I always wear appropriate layers when it's actually cold, but in the summertime, if I just need to stay dry and I have something awesome to do afterwards, I'll wear my outfit, um, and then continue on my way after my paddle. (laughs) Right on. They would never know except for maybe the, uh, amounts of sweat and, uh, potentially BO, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't sweat quite as much in my dry suit and my layering system might be. Yeah. Or maybe the water over here is cold because I like the water in here doesn't warm up as, as much as it does for you guys. I can very much attest to that. Okay. Yeah. And we've been having an unusually mild winter. So that day that I wore it, I mean, the air and if you were just walking around town, I mean, you could have gotten away with like a fleece hoodie or something. So my fit rationale was if I fall in the water, I'm going to be freezing. But, you know, most of the time you're not falling in the water. So you're up on the board just sweating buckets. And I noticed that you're wearing this dry suit and it looks like it's summertime and and everything. So, wow. But we're also always, for me, when I'm out paddling, a part of, you know, for me and my students is swimming. We're taking swimming out of the picture, Mm. right? That dry suit. And I've had many students and I feel it too. It's kind of like this, this power suit or this, Mm. you know, it gives you the confidence because, you know, with the wetsuit, you're still getting wet and there's, I'm not sure what element that takes out of it, but this power dry suit make swimming a little less bad. And it takes that. I don't want to fall into, I don't care how many times I fall in. Uh, so even when it's been paddling and we've been paddling and it's been like minus three and the river is super cold and there's ice on our helmets, I'm dressed. Okay. And that dry suit, like I'm, I'm going to go try and surf that wave or charge that hole because I'm still going to be warm. Even if I fall in. Nice. I will admit, I did feel a bit like an astronaut, which I thought was cool. <laughs> yeah, I got a Power Ranger. Yeah, you kind of feel like you're going to space. Yeah, Power Ranger fighting like a Megazord or something. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned Colorado and some training down there and some competition. So let's talk about that. What's that all about? Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, 2020 got canceled and I am going to put 2021 on hold, just allowing for things in the universe to shift, whatever that means. Um, But typically um, I get geared up every spring, super excited to head down to Colorado and connect with my bad fish family and compete in different whitewater um, competitive paddling events, as well as just hanging out, surfing waves and running rivers. And, um, it's something that's inspired me. I hope to actually bring this model and this style of competitions and this circuit up in Canada. Um, especially like I mentioned earlier, as the community grows, um, but essentially it's six weeks of traveling to different towns, playing in different whitewater parks and having, the most fun you possibly can while pushing for me, pushing my sup limits and mm. yeah, sending it. <laughs> and you, so you've won first place in, in several events. So what's the competition like out there? I mean, it's not every day you meet another river supper. 
Well, river sauna paddleboarding is, you know, I would say it's started in Colorado. It's the home of it. Um, that's where Charlie McArthur, one of the big founders of river Sup, okay. came from. It's the home of bad fish stand-up paddleboards and other leading whitewater brands. And, um, like I said, the home of the bad fish team. And so, um, two of the other really strong athletes out there are Brittany Parker, um, who is also the girl that I actually paddled with her on the can. And she's the girl that inspired me to get into the sport and start competing. Um, and then of course our teammate, Natalie Zollinger, who is a powerhouse, um, She's frequently on that podium as well. Um, and it's it's amazing because those guys are out there and they get to paddle those parks and they get to paddle those waves and be in those places all the time. And it's at crazy elevation. And it's, it's such a cool feeling to, um, and such a kind of unknown feeling to be up here training in the winter, skiing my heart out, searching for water levels to come in and waves to practice on. And it's really cool to go down there and, you know, I excel in the speed and the aggression and the getting excited for sup cross and downriver. And whenever I go down there, sur- the, the amazing tricks and how awesome these girls are at surfing always blows me away. So it's something that's in my belly and I'm working super hard to get better at surfing. So when I am able to go back to Colorado, I feel that I've worked just as hard on that as I have on the other two components. Incredible. So I'm not a skier, so I never thought I had any reason to go to Colorado. Now I suddenly, uh, my interest is spiked. Oh yeah. It's amazing. There is there are river surfing waves, um, for shortboard surfing and paddle surfing all over and the van lifing and hot springs. Wow. And again, just the energy at these whitewater festivals where there's kayak competitions happening and stand up paddlework competitions happening. And, Honestly, for those six weeks, it's where I feel like I am the crazy, wild, competitive, happy river dirt bag that I truly am on the inside. Wow. <laughs> Let your dirt bag out. <laughs> totally. Represent. So when you're surfing, I mean, you know, like a, a surf ride could be five seconds long, 20 seconds long. I mean, if you're getting to, you know, a minute or whatever, I mean, that's you're getting pretty lucky. It's usually a shorter ride, right? So, but with River Sup, I mean, you must be able to get the ride of your life once in a while and then just go for kilometers. Oh yeah. Well, I like, you're not really going anywhere. You're staying on one spot, but you know, at the, the trail wave, um, it is so perfect and so glassy and having lived in Nelson, BC for so long, that was my local wave. And, um, yeah, speaking of long rides, really you can stay on that wave and surf as long as your legs will hold you. Um, I think my longest ride on the trail wave was like 15 minutes. And I was just like, literally, what am I trying to prove here? I'm so tired. There was no one else. I wasn't taking anyone else's ride. My friend was filming me because he thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, it, it's something that it, like I said earlier, it allows you that time to get comfortable Mm. with the feeling of what it is to surf. What does surfing feel like mm-hmm. um because that that is a different feeling in itself it's one yeah. thing to paddle out um if you're in the ocean so paddle out or in the river paddle up the eddy it's another thing to in the ocean first you got to find the wave 
um, find your way into the wave on the river. Mm. Then your next thing is you got to catch the wave. So on the ocean, you're trying to paddle and catch it on the river. You're trying to paddle over an eddy line to get mm. into it. Okay. And then, and then that's where it becomes the same. Wow. Then you're surfing. So nice. can you surf now? That's now that that's where it's different, but they do. They're so relatable. Yeah. Um, and you know, with a, with those longer rides on your stand-up paddleboard, if you pick a wave that's at the level for you to learn at, you can start to learn how to move your feet around, how to spin the board and do tricks, how to put your paddle in and do a rudder. But you got to pick the wave that's meeting you so that you actually can surf it and have success. Okay. And then as you get better, progress. I guess I, you know, we're always getting crossed over with the sports. I guess I said the wrong thing. So what do you, not surfing, but just the regular, like traversing forward down the river on your sup. So whitewater supping. I guess. Oh, just going paddling. Yeah. But, let, yeah, just but, going for but letting the, the whitewater take you, right? Rather than just going by the motion of your own paddle. I, I mean like that sensation of being grabbed by that white water and pushed, like, can you just go for like kilometers at a time or? Well, when we're paddling down river, we, we are actively paddling and okay. reading the white water and maneuvering and navigating our board to always find the best line or the most playful line or the safest line down the board where, yes, in theory, you could just go with the current, but the current is probably going to push you into a log jam or uh. a corner or if you just go along for the ride, then you're kind of like a tuber, right? You're not in that control aspect. Um, so that's why I think I related the ride to surfing. Yeah, and right I'm away. glad you and I'm glad you made that differentiation because I actually didn't really realize that. And I'm coming at I come at everything through a surfer's lens. So thank you for actually correcting me. That's educational. So I'm thinking you get up on this board, it's like the wave grabs you. And you're gone, right? But you're telling me, no, that's not what it's like. I mean, maybe to a degree, you got some current pushing you, but you're still paddling. You're moving out of the way of obstacles constantly. Or um, charging through them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, honestly, I like... We're going to have to do a follow-up, like a post-lesson with Rita yeah. uh, follow-up chat of all the light bulbs um, yeah. after we paddled together. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to some interesting people on the show so far. So I got foiling to try. I got kite surfing to try. Like I'm going to, yeah, I, I'll put it on the list there and try to remember how to do it after anyway. So, so hey, bad fish it looked to me like it's an inflatable. Is that correct? Yeah. So the, okay. um, the river shred and the IRS, the two boards that you probably see me riding the most when you're scrolling through photos and stuff, um, are inflatable boards and okay. they have multi-layer technology and reinforcement. And so when you pump them up, they feel hard. So I spoke earlier of my first SUP experience when it was kind of like being on an inflatable thermarest or a, you know, bouncy board. These boards are firm. Mm -hmm. So they're not like the old school SUPs. They feel like a hard board. They're reacting like a hard board and they're, 
performing like a hardboard. Yeah. I'm a With huge, the ease of the inflatable. I'm a huge advocate for inflatables. I think they get a really bad rap, but same thing with Red Paddle and their MSL technology. I mean, they have videos of them like running them over with semi trucks or throwing them out of buildings. I think there's a time and place for them. And as a surfer, though, when I first got into SUP, I was like, oh, inflatables, like that's a pool toy, right? Like, I need a hardboard. But now after having hardboards, several hardboards and several inflatables, like the hardboards, they're dinging, they're getting cracked. Um, you know, and I guess the fear with an inflatable is that it's going to pop. But like you're saying, like they're super strong. So, so I guess when you're going over all those rocks and things, if you had a hardboard, good chance you're going to smack that up. An inflatable might kind of glide over and take some of those rocks better and i'm sure there are times when a rock has sliced right through a board yeah totally well if you think about um you know yes sup is you know relatively new in the whole game of it but mm. let's look at like i i compared it to other whitewater sports before whitewater rafting they've been built out of whitewater rafts have been built out of you know oh, yeah. pretty durable material what am i for, thinking about yeah for years <laughs> and so we're using the same material to to build these subs and so the reality is is if you're actually pumping those subs up to their firmness, mm -hmm. right? They're more likely to withstand those puncture-like activities from rocks oh, okay. and ricochet, right? Yeah, sure. If it's something's, if you're, if it's a knife-like thing, it's still gonna stab it. But the reality is, is raft guides run and drag those rafts and beat them up all the time. So it's the same type of material that's being used in those whitewater stand-up paddleboards. Gotcha. Right on. I bet this podcast has been a little different for you than others. I'm like, just, I really want to know the nitty gritty details about, you know, how do the boards work and, and the I love landscape it. of it all. So thank you. I feel a lot more well-informed. Um, and now I've seen with your, with your new company, Can v River Sup. Can River Sup and your YouTube presence. So do you have some goals there? Are you working on creating content for people or? Yeah, so last year um, when I was still working mostly as Rita Supps and COVID hit and there was this big uncertain time of when am I actually going to get to teach paddleboarding again. And I had all these amazing things lined up. Like I said, I was going to Colorado to compete um, with my friend and team rider, Kim from up in Prince George. And I just felt really lonely and disconnected from the paddling community. Yeah. It was that time when, when outdoor activity hadn't yet been accepted as okay. And yeah. we weren't sure like, what was the limits? Like, am I putting a stress on emergency services by doing this? And you know, what I do is crazy. So people don't recognize that I'm totally safe and I'm probably going to be okay. That was a weird um, so anyways, time. That was a weird yeah, time. Very weird. Like, and so shame, shame on you for <laughs> exercising. <laughs> which is so opposite of yeah. anything in my life. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I started doing live chats and whether it was um, interviewing Norm Han about multi expeditions, um, we chatted a little bit about surf racing. We talked with my mentor, Neil Gilson, about 
learning what, you know, I took a river intro now what? Mm -hmm. And so we did that. And then obviously as things started to open up, reality is I got so busy teaching last summer that I, I needed to be on the water and not uh, online because yeah. I needed that time. And, um, slowly in the, in the fall, I was like, Hey, I miss all my friends. I want to wrap up that season. And we did lockdown measures started to increase. So I started a couple live chats up the top 12 of 2020 gear questions and okay. stuff like that. And, now, as a team, can River Sup? We do hope to bring you more live chats, but they aren't going to be on a weekly, every Wednesday basis. We respect that just like we have busy lives, everybody has busy lives. And we would rather have fewer opportunities for more meaningful engagement when we can, you know, tune in on this date and we'll all talk and engage and have a discussion, um, versus trying to give them too much and yeah. too more. So making quality over quantity, um, and as an opportunity to just share the stoke and get excited for an upcoming season yeah. and learn. I hear you. When the summer comes, you do not want to be stuck behind the computer. That's why I am also like just doing podcasts right and left right now to sort of, it's like, storing up for the winter instead we're storing up for the summer yep i that's yeah awesome. i agree with that 100 percent. totally so, that's exactly what we're trying to do yeah 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 because like like you for me there's nothing better than teaching that's really where out of any out of everything i'm doing that's where um well and connect i think connecting with people through the podcast is great but teaching, I mean, it's just nothing better. Like you said, we get to play while we're at work. I mean, it's the best. And like you, you've kind of cracked the code. You're, you've made this sort of a full-time thing. I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like. So amazing stuff for you. It's, it's, it just is awesome to hear how you went from dirt bag in the back of the van to like, you know, out in Canmore rocking. So did you ever go back to Tofino since we were there um, surfing again? Yeah. So um, oh, I feel like, <clears throat> was that two years ago that we would have been surfing in the fall? Yeah. Um, October. Of October not 2018, 19. It would have been 2019. Not this one that just passed, but on, only one prior. Yeah. So I was there this past October as okay. well. Um, yeah. And it was awesome. The, you know, the waves are bigger and I think exactly like we've been talking about this whole show that crossover totally showed. And for me, I, I felt like I had, uh, well, I in ocean rides had the ride of my life up oh, till this really? point. I do hope that it gets better. Yeah. But you know, I finally caught a wave like right at the peak. And okay, it's not that big. Like people yeah. don't get too crazy visualizing this image. But yeah, I'm pretty yeah. new here. But I caught it right at the peak, and I started riding to the right. And then I had this, they've been trying to teach me to do a turn and I pointed it straight down the line and then back over to the right. And I was like, wow. boom. And then I saw the wave disappear. Like it was over and I was like, I did it. Yeah. I went the whole thing. The, the that was it. And, and now I'm just chasing that little blip every time I go back. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you're stoked already. How much more stoked can you get? It just keeps growing. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. We have this, we have this lingo in um, the group of people that I paddle with and the instructor collective. Um, when you start to clean bigger drops on the river or you start to catch your first actual surfs, um, we have this lingo we call, um, we call overstoke because what starts to happen is they'll clean the hardest part of the drop and then they'll like have the best wipeout ever celebrating because the rapid's not over yet and so that's known as the overstoke so every time you eat it celebrating something really cool we call that the overstoke love it the overstoke okay i'll keep my eyes up for that so just because you just can't hang on like you're so stoked you can't hang on (laughs) but speaking of wipeouts i mean wipeouts sound like they might they could get kind of painful for you guys Uh, I would say that they're only painful if you are paddling in water that is too shallow. Too shallow, okay. Yeah. And you're not addressing that properly, right? If I'm on a river, that's really awesome. And I can stand up 90% of the time. I'm going to address that one shallow section by kneeling down to decrease the likelihood that I'm going to fall in. Um, but the reality is, is you do want to, if you're going to be pushing your limits, if you're going to be sending it, then you want to make sure you're in an environment that, you know, is deep enough. And if you don't feel that it is load up the pads, no shame in Ooh. protecting your body. You need yeah. that to live. <laughs> okay. Right on. All right. So where's some goalie equipment then if you're going in shallow nice. Yeah. yeah I'm totally. still, I think when I'm imagining it, like, yeah. I don't have the full picture yet. So, okay. So maybe you don't get hurt as much, but I guess, I guess the water is a little deeper. So, so I don't know really how much more stoke you can get. Sounds like you're in overstoke mode, but I do like to ask people, you know, what else, if you weren't instructing SUP, let's say it never came into your peripheral, what the hell would you be doing with your life? <laughs> says your uh, dad <laughs> um well i've i have done and tried a a lot of different things um you know when i found sup my go-to fallback career had always been um snowboarding and skiing instructing. Um, since I was 16 years old, I've been a passionate ski and snowboard instructor. Um, and I had started my last season in Nelson. I had started competing in the free ride world qualifiers and yeah, I didn't make the top 10, but I was really killing it and having a ton of fun. So, um, for me, I think that I would have stuck with my passion of skiing and probably continue to pursue um, and evolve in skiing. Um, but, you know, I'll be a little honest, the enlightenment of stand-up paddleboarding um, and the warmth that it can offer in, you know, going to Ecuador or something in the winter months. Yeah. Um, that that has a little bit of a draw. I don't think I realized that I didn't like the cold as much as I've realized now that I've traveled a bit to some warmer places. For sure, yeah. And growing up in Alberta, I mean, yeah, you'd be, I'd be itching to get some tropical climates as well. Amazing. So, okay, so it's not like you were going to be stuck behind a desk or anything anyways, you had your, your mind set on instructing. So if you weren't instructing stuff, you'd be 
instructing paddleboarding or who knows what you get into. So what other kind of things uh, get you stoked in your life? You know, some people, they, when they're not supping or surfing, maybe they like to cook or read a book. Like what else gets you stoked or overstoked? Well, you're probably going to laugh. Um, and most people are going to laugh because someone posted the other day, they're like, what's your winter activity? And well, in the winter months, um, I'm actually been taking this warm weather advantage of this warm weather to progress my whitewater kayaking skills, like okay. I said. Um, and so I am still drawn to the river. And so I'm progressing okay. my kayaking skills, my OC1 skills um, and something else. Honestly, if I'm not paddling, I'm eating, sleeping, or training my awesome dog buddy who is a crazy rescued plot hound. And um, he definitely keeps me on my toes, but he also knows some pretty cute tricks. So um, those are the things that that I like to do the most. And and connecting with the community. So these little things like live chats and podcasts and working with the instructor collective, um, those are things that are passionate because I see how they all link together. And for me, that community and that vibe and people committed to progression, um, that's what I like to be surrounded by. And, you know, generally what I'm focusing is always trying to, trying to grow. Now I read an article that you wrote in the paddling magazine. So obviously you're, you're contributing in other ways to the sport as well. And I remember a few months back, I believe I searched for them today. I could not find them. I remember you released some paddle Canada instruction videos on, I'm pretty sure it was like maybe the crossbow or cross draw and maybe a sweep stroke or something. I did. I sent them to Paddle Canada, some um, instructor videos. Yeah, you're right. I haven't looked for them, but they did send me that they were posted. I'll have to go. They they were posted at one time because I was even contemplating putting them up on my website as sort of a resource. So, but I could not find them today. Well, I'll reach out to Paddle Canada um, and see if we can track them down. But um, quality content and giving people access um, to resources and good examples is something that I am am passionate about and sharing that knowledge. Yes. I think it's super valuable. Um, and it's my business, right. To get people Mm -hmm. to sign up and pay for classes. However, I also talked a little bit earlier about those examples that are out there. And if people don't have good examples or don't have access to some type of education or knowledge, they're going to do their best to make up what they see and compile their own way. Mm, So I see it as an advantage to the people that want more are going to continue to seek me out as an instructor, but giving enough out there to help those people that might never seek instruction and that's okay, but it gives them enough to build their example off of. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we we wrap up, Rita, is there anything, uh, you know, we might have missed or any message you want to put out there to the folks listening to this today? Uh, no, I just think if, you know, you think river sound paddleboarding is cool, um, you might not have the right perceptions. Maybe that's what we learned in the podcast tonight. So don't be shy to 
reach out to me, whether it's through Can River Sup or Rita Sends. Don't be shy to reach out. Ask some questions. We would love to get you out for a lesson. We would love to get you connected with a paddling shop that can get you a lesson in your community. Like I said, I used to travel around and connect with those shops. So if I'm not your connection, reach out and I can help make that connection for you. Um, If you're just looking for some knowledge or some questions, myself and the entire Can River Sup team would love to be a resource for you. So just don't be shy. We're a community and community is what we want to hold true to. So everyone's welcome. Amazing. Love it. So I'm 38 years old. I'm on the brink. I'm, I think I'm still cool, but you know, sometimes I'm starting to lose my edge a little bit. So you've been using this terminology sense. So is that what the cool kids are saying these days? Like fill me in. I don't know if it's what the cool kids are saying these days. Um, but I think it was early on in my skiing career. Someone kept saying to me, Rita, you just got to send it. Just send it. Like, just send it. Okay, let's go full send. Um, We're going to send this. And then that sort of started translating into the river. Like, let's go send this river or send this rapid or send this waterfall or send this drop. And so Rita sends it means that like, I'm getting out there and I'm going to go do it. I'm going to send it. I'm going to like set my sights on something cool and I'm going to tackle it and achieve it. So, so it whether like it's just it me, all? yeah, it's giving it your all it's, you know, whether it's saying let's get sendy, um, or we're going to go sending, um, I'm going to send it. Um, those are all ways that I use it. It might be Rita subs lingo or, you know, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to keep holding true and it's going to stay my lingo for a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Keep it going. I'm going to, I want to experiment with using that in a sentence right now. Okay. When I edit this podcast later, I am going to send it. I am going to send the hell out of this podcast. Does that work? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Typically send it is used to describe more of an adrenaline based adventure activity, (laughs) but I I think you could go full send. I just felt like if I went surfing and I send it, that's too, that's too obvious. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, you can full send for sure. Full send okay. the podcast. Full send the podcast. All right. If you're listening to this, I hope that you agree that I full sent this pod. We full sent this podcast to you guys. Yes. Right on. So Rita, before we go, where can people find you on the World Wide web? Nice. So on the World Wide Web, you can find me at uh, canriversup.com, C-A-N-R-V-R-S-U-P.com. Same Can River Sup at um, on Instagram, on Facebook. And personally, my Instagram is rita.sends. So if you're looking to find me and see what I'm sending next, uh, come along for the ride. No more Rita sups. Rita is not supping. Rita is oh, sending. Yes, but I'm Via still supping. Sup. <laughs> yes. yeah. This is where it gets confusing for me. <laughs> okay, yeah. right on. Nice. So, so she's supping and she's sending. So, hey, if you are in Alberta or you're looking for your next Canadacation because you can't get out of the country and you got to stay local, Head on up to Canmore, Alberta, 
call up Rita and send it. Get on that river, get on that bad fish, and send it. Except you want to come to uh, Cochrane, Alberta, not Canada. <laughs> Whoops. Edit. Let me edit that. Okay, let's try this again. This summer, if you're stuck at home because of COVID or you just want to travel in Canada, uh, go to Canmore, Alberta. No, Cochrane. <laughs> go to Cochrane, Alberta. Like Tom Cochran, the musician, Cochran, Alberta, which I'm not going to lie without looking at a map. I can't even envision where that is. I've been, you know, drove through Alberta once. But hey, I heard it's great. Go to Cochran, Alberta, type in RitaSends.com or RitaSups.com or just Google Rita or, or type in whatever URL she just said a few minutes ago and book yourself a lesson. Get on that bad fish, get on that river, and send it all the way. I think I used it pretty good in that one. And I think I finally had the geography correct. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun editing that one. Yeah. It'll <laughs> be like, more fun to not edit it. <laughs> yeah Rita subs Rita I'm like no um the business <laughs> website is the only website I want to like I just gave you the personal athlete one for like results and stuff um but can river sup is sort of where I just want to be directing people because that's that's where they can sign up for stuff okay you heard it here first can river sup.com I stand corrected it's can river sup.com and now, but hey, the river, if I remember correctly, doesn't have the vowels in it, though, does it? No. So it just shortened it up to make it look cool. So it's C A N R V R SUPS.com. S U P, no S. Okay. C A N. <laughs> okay. C A N R V R. S-U-P dot com. Yeah, that's Freaking, I just sent it. Message sent. Email sent. <laughs> Podcast sent. Nice. I am going to get on my sup this weekend and I'm going to send it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Use correctly. Nice. There we go. And maybe I'll even take some video and send it to you of me sending it. Perfect. I love I like it. This, I like this sending it. It took me a while to get on with sick, you know, like I, I remember the first time I heard someone say, wow, that's sick. And I was like, like, whoa, like it's gross or like it's bad. Like that just kind of came overnight, that whole sick thing. Now I'm using it all the time, but it takes, takes a little bit to catch up with these things, you know? All right. So Rita, it was sick to have you on this podcast as my guest today and I cannot wait to have you on as a part two because when I have you on as a part two that's going to mean that I've already been out and seen you and you took me on a river sup lesson and I'm way more educated and I have way more to say about it that's much more accurate than I have said on tonight's podcast 
And by that time, I should really know where Cochrane, Alberta is. And I'm really going to know how to send it. Nice. I can't wait. I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it's this year. Nice. I do too. Rita, it's been all my pleasure having you on the Permastoke podcast. I got to say, I think you have such a delightful spirit and energy about you. I think anybody would be fortunate to, to have a lesson with you. I think it would be super fun. Um, so yeah, I'm down. Can't wait. So in the meantime, I want you to stay stoked and send it. That's all for season two, episode three of Permastoked. I hope you all enjoyed listening or watching to Rita Boychuk. Again, I want to say mahalo to the sender herself, Rita Boychuk. In the words of Neil Young and Crazy Horse, she could drag me over the rainbow, send me away. Down by the river, I shot my baby. Down by the river, dead, oh, ooh, shot her dead, ooh. Figure out that poetry, folks. As mentioned, you can connect with the River Supper herself, Rita Boychuk, online. I'm not going to tell you where or how because I don't want to butcher all those URLs and profiles again. But hey, check out the show notes. It's all there. I love you guys. Peace out. See you later. to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasegas for providing our intro music Hey Chihuahua off their 2019 album Crash Monster Beach and our outro music End of Summer off their 2017 album Return of the Wasegas. For more information visit www.wasegas.com. Mahalo to the Planet Smashers as well and Stomp Records for allowing us to play Surfing in Tofino off their 1999 album Life of the Party. You can visit them at www.stomprecords.com. And to the Scrapes, mahalo for providing Wait and See off your 2018 self-titled album, Scrapes. For more information on Scrapes, visit www.scrapesmusic.bandcamp.com. But of course, mahalo to all you great listeners out there. We are so thankful that you chose to join us for this episode. And we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are certainly on their way, but in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. And don't miss an episode ever again by subscribing on the Alexa app, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever it is, man, that you get your podcast, we are there. So please let us know how we're doing. Leave us a rating and a review. And don't forget to share this with your friends and family over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. You can learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and check out our products and services at www.freshwatersurfgoods.com. You can even sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoke, events, our surf sup and yoga schedules, and other exciting news. And hey, you can even find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're a part of the surf or sup industry or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and the Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. 
And as well, if you've got an idea for a collaboration, you'd like to recommend a future guest, you'd like to invite me to an event or book me to teach surf, sup, or yoga, or maybe you want to carry our products in your store, or your company is interested in being a sponsor of this show, or for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com. That's Derek, D-E-R-I-K at freshwatersurfgoods.com. I look forward to next time, Freshies, and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, keep surfing, and stay stoked.